Hello, and welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I am your host, Christine Daynard, and the goal of this podcast is to encourage you to live your best and most authentic life by digging deeper and finding connection through vulnerability. I believe we have been taught that vulnerability is a weakness, when in fact, it is our superpower. In this space, I will share personal stories and conversations with others so you can be empowered by their strength and inspired to take action in your own life. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get started. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so thrilled to bring you this awesome guest that I'm bringing on the podcast today. I have been anticipating this meeting for some time now, and I think you all will love her and what she brings to the table, you know, because we are all three-dimensional human beings, and there's so much to all of us, and uh, you know I like to talk about real things and say it out loud, so we're going we're gonna to do that. We're going to talk about some real things, and I love to bring people on the show that have something to share like life isn't perfect. Life doesn't roll how we always expect. And I think that somehow we have this idea, we watch Instagram or things on social media and we think, oh my gosh, like I'm not like that. And I wish I could do that thing. The truth is you actually can do anything that is in you and that you want to do but it will never come without any complication or hiccups or challenge. So that's why we have these conversations. And I'm here to introduce our guest today. Her name is Heather. And Heather is the amazing Canadian designer from Toronto. Uh, Her company is called Dottie. And I just learned it's because she loves polka dots. So, So thank you so much for being here, Heather. I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit and tell everybody what, uh, what you're all about. Well, thank you, Christine, for having me here. This is my virgin podcast. I'm very <laughs> excited. Um, I My name's Heather, Heather Bolt. I have gone through a few names in my lifetime. I am uh, Heather Wilson, Heather Shipton, then Heather Bolt. And, uh, you know, second marriage, have to take all the names and all the good stuff. Um, but so I design out of Toronto, Canada. And I, my factory is about 10 minutes away from my house. Mm. I keep it nice and close so that I can do tons of quality control and double check things. And, you know, if I need to reproduce something really quickly, I can. If I need to make an adjustment, I can um, just to, to make it as great a quality garment as possible. Um, what else? We're sitting in my home right now, my home studio, which I love. It's such a great energy in here. I just want to say that. I'm glad. The light is coming in the front window. The clothes are beautiful. Like, I cannot wait to get to the try-on session of our meetup here today. It's (laughs) coming. It's coming. (laughs) Yeah. And my son is eating lunch at the island. My husband's working upstairs. It's a big family affair here, but you know what? We make it work. We make it work. Well, and I think that's the thing. I think that when a lot of people see people doing their thing on social media, they presume that in that perfectly clean space that we present ourselves in, that that that's it. That's, That's this perfection little space that we create in and we have everything figured out. And, you know, this is real life. You're living in your home, which is also your studio, and you're living amongst your real life while you're creating and doing what you do. Totally. And to be honest, the moment you walked in today, you were like, oh, I love that. There's such a great energy in here. But it was a complete mess before you got here. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Because it's I'm super creative. Mm. There's typically fabrics everywhere. There's post-it notes everywhere. I actually have not, you know, become too technologically advanced yet and have an app that will track my ideas or anything. So I still write out the post-it notes, still sketch on pads. I've got papers everywhere, typically. 
So I did have everything <laughs> tidied up to make it look decent for uh, for the podcast. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, we've got weights in the corner and typically my dog's lying on the floor. And <laughs> But, you know, going back to the whole Instagram thing, for the longest time, particularly when I started, I thought I thought Instagram had to be so contrived mm, and, and every like picture curated curated and like completely like to me I'd look at pictures I'm like really are you taking your daughter to kindergarten in a Louis Vuitton like <laughs> it is, is that actually like did you did she really wear that like so and it's fine because back then they were very curated and every picture had to look the same and you had to have your feed look a certain way and I get that I don't I can't how should I say it not that I don't and I can't I actually don't really work that way. I'm I'm a lot more fly by the seat of my pants, a lot more authentic. I create things because my clients want them and because I think maybe it's it's a good idea because it's on trend, mm. but my clients aren't necessarily trendy and so my clothes aren't trendy, but you can put on these clothes and feel on trend and look really, really great and flattering, but you don't feel like you've just pulled something out of your 19-year-old daughter's closet. Yeah, and you feel good in what you've made. Like, they feel good. The quality of your clothing feels good. It should. But I just want to say to you, like, I think that we are in a world now, especially after these three years we have been through, where we are where we are craving real and authentic conversation. We want to see real because, you know, we've seen way too much bullshit, yep. right? And so it's like, let's just be authentic and real. And I operate the same way as you. Like you're describing how this room looked before I got here, which I don't really believe her, by the way. Um, but I am the same way. I operate in the same way. It's a, I think it's a creative thing. I like to see things and I get them outside of me. So there are on post-it notes. So there's different notes in five different notebooks. Like wherever the notebook happens to be in my house is where I leave that note. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then oh, I'm like, yeah. how come I can't find that note? Gee, oh. I don't know. So it, it's, it's almost validating in a way to talk to somebody else who is in the same position. So I'm sure some of our listeners listening are like, oh, my God, that's totally me or we have the people that are super organized being like oh my god I can't imagine do you need an organizer yeah. <laughs> right and you know what's interesting is for the longest time I almost would put myself down about that like mm. Heather get your shit together you mm. need to be more organized you need to plan things out more but this is this is how I work and I realized I mean I'm 52 and I realized like, this is me and yeah. and there's there's no way of changing it it's if I've been this way for this long May as well just roll with it. So I'm just going to keep it that way. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that that's the thing of where everyone's searching for, you know, who am I and what am I here for? And I think it's actually a lot simpler than we make it. I think it's like, hey, what feels good to me? How do I work? Does that work for me? It might not work for somebody else, but that's okay. It doesn't need to work for them. It needs to work for me. And to just kind of focus where, to just sort of focus where you are instead of, trying to be like some what somebody else is doing yeah and it can get tricky right because we're a constant I mean I, I don't do a ton of Instagram for my family like personally but I do a lot obviously for work Instagram Facebook TikTok Pinterest like it's <laughs> there's so many platforms and you're constantly kind of comparing yourself like mm. you know first of all I, I try to create a really well-made product that's number one to me I want it to be flattering um and, and easy to take care of, but will it stand up amongst all the other platforms and amongst all the other designers? And I've recognized that it's okay that I'm doing it the way I'm doing it. I have a giant fan base and women who I call like, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, they're fans, like they're, they're brand fans. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't want to compare myself to anybody. And it did take me a long, long time to do that because I have friends who have really great successful businesses and I thought, okay, well, if she's doing it that way, then I should maybe try and do it that way. And every time I do that, it comes out wrong mm. or, you know, something happens and, and it doesn't work out that way or that piece won't sell because I'm trying to make something that someone else did. I have to make it authentic to, m- to me and my clients. If I'll wear it, all of my clients will wear it. hundred percent. You know, it's funny because I remember uh, people will say to me now, oh, Christine, you're so natural on camera. And like, I could never do that. And I say, you know, what you don't see is the iceberg that was building under the ocean, right? Yep. The iceberg that was practicing that was really nervous I was scared to go out on camera and as much as I'm an extrovert and as much as like people might see me now feeling really comfortable in that space it took a lot of practice to get me there so it was like facing the challenge of getting out in front of people what if I say the wrong thing and I remember um, this one time I was doing I was trying to do a live but I pre-recorded it about 50 times before actually doing it And then, of course, by the time I did the live, I mean, I had rehearsed it so much that I was tripping up all over the place because I was trying to perfect it. And all the comments started coming in about how people were like laughing at my little like Christinisms, I call them, you know, the little things that I would say that didn't make any sense. Or I'd be like, whoop, crap, that wasn't supposed to happen. You know, like I would just roll with it. And I noticed that people actually responded better because I was just being myself. I wasn't trying to be something I wasn't. I wasn't trying to perfect a game. I was trying to just, I wasn't trying at all. I was just showing up as myself, Yeah. which, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't happen naturally or easily sometimes it takes a little bit of practice to feel comfortable in a new space but I think that's growth you know someone told me years ago or not actually not even years ago so it would have been 2020 is when uh, online obviously everything blew up right yep. so if you had a website people were shopping online and I I do a couple of uh, consumer shows a year I had my own store for a little while and being online was and really selling online was a uh, not a new thing for me, but it was on a different level at that point. And I remember my marketing guy who I adore and love, he's been so good to help me out here. He said, you need to show up on video more. Your, your fans, your clients, they want to see your face. I'm like, nobody wants to see that. Sure enough, I, I gave it a shot. And a good friend of mine said, when you do it, record it, and just post it. Don't look it over. Mm-hmm. Don't worry if you swore and dropped the <laughs> F-bomb or whatever it was. Just do it. Yep. Because otherwise it comes out inauthentic. Right. And the whole reason behind Dottie is they're pretty close for real life. So I'm real. The clothes are real. My clients are real. And, and I do honestly believe when they connect with me and they see why I'm making the stuff the way I am, like, I, I'm sorry, I don't have time to go to the dry cleaner. I don't have time to worry about, you know, ironing things. So everything I make is wrinkle-free and machine washable because at the end of the day, it's going in the hamper. I'm That's not, right. I don't even want, or on the <laughs> floor of my bedroom, and I'll put that on the next day because it's too, I'm too busy. But regardless, it, it needs to be authentic. And so I get it where people are like, oh, my God, like, you're, you're so good on camera. I'm like, oh, if only you knew the sheer like, oh, nobody wants to see me do this. And I'm not doing this right. And how, like, what am I going to say? Like, who even cares? But it's funny, the more I do that, the more people relate to it. And and so, you know what, I'm just going to be real from now on. And if I drop the F-bomb, who cares? (laughs) There it is. We're all grown ups here. 
I love it. I love it, honestly. And for me, like I'm very drawn to authentic people because I am one and I can't really live in a space of like surface conversation. I find that really tricky or like pretending. No, just get out there and do it. Yeah. You know what? Doesn't mean it's always going to be easy, but it's there's always going to be a reward. Like it's going to be so fulfilling doing things that are hard for you when they don't come naturally, but then you make it natural for you. You know, it just it'll just come with time. Oh, totally. And if you don't try you're going to wake up at 60, 70, 80 and be like, God, I had a shot. Why didn't I just try? Yeah. Because if you don't try, you don't get like, what do they say? No pain, no gain. Yeah. So if you don't give it a shot, you're not living your true self and your true purpose. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I think that that's, that's a reality for a lot of people. And I think that we get caught up so much in what are people going to think? What are they going to yep. say about me? And, you know, I'm going to be a failure if I put myself out there. And what if it doesn't happen? Or what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And, you know, I think all of us have that fear, sort of like monkey brain sort of uh, feedback that our head gives us because our brains are here to keep us safe, right? Mm-hmm. So when we're challenging ourselves and we're doing new things to us, it's uncomfortable at first, right? And we do worry about those things. But what's funny is when you start to lean in and maybe you can connect with this but when you start to lean into you know what you're doing because it makes you feel good and you're basically serving others in some way by doing what you do best is more worth it to put yourself out there than to not do that and play it safe 100 percent. I sometimes you know being an entrepreneur and trying to produce clothing in Canada is (laughs) honestly like I think I will look back when I'm 80 and be like, what the fuck? Sorry. What the, <laughs> what the heck were you even thinking? Mm. And there are days where I could just pack it in. And I just say, you know what? This is ridiculous. Just go get a job. There's just, this is too much. And then I start to think, nope, you're not giving up. Because you like wearing your clothes. Your customers and clients like wearing your clothes. I know that people look forward to the new styles. I know that I'm solving a problem like to me if I if I'm not doing this there's absolutely nothing I actually don't know what I would possibly be doing Mm. and as much as I've good lord I've I've learned so much like that whole website I I had some help with some coding but basically my digital marketing guy and I did it ourselves I updated all the time my beautiful lovely assistant Sylvie helps me a ton Mm. but we've learned so much and I mean, gosh, at this stage in life, I'm still learning things like that's a beautiful thing. And I do actually think it'll keep me young. It'll keep my brain healthy. If I can be creative and put these things out into the world, that will keep me healthy. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, right? No, I I agree with you. And people aren't sitting and looking at you like I am right now, but you are very youthful. (laughs) Oh, that's Your attitude is youthful. You don't look your age. I mean, what is age anyway? You know, Uh, I find that especially these days, a number, it's just a number, really. I'm really only 29. I'm just telling people (laughs) that I'm 53. 52. Oh, my God. (laughs) I will be 53. My God. It's funny. We have this stigma about like getting older. And I think it's, I think it's really interesting because I find that I'm like, I'm 47 and I'm, the more that I uh, age, the more wisdom I seem to collect along the way. And I think, man, like 
I don't think I would actually give back aging for anything. Now I say that now at 47, maybe yeah. I'll take that back when I'm 80. I don't know. Right. But I'm like, I want to keep like my wrinkles and I want to show that all my laugh lines because it, it, you can see the good life that I have led, you yeah. know, it's like, I want that to stay real and, and just stay with me. And I, I love, I actually have really been enjoying my forties. Oh, I, I found the forties awesome. Yeah. And you know what, even the, my beginning of my fifties, like, and it's interesting because I remember as a kid, you know, your parents always say uh don't worry what other people think about you but you do from the moment you're what 11 or 12 mm-hmm. you're worried about how your clothes look you're worried about the brand of shoes you have you're worried about like it, it's just ridiculous and then you get to this stage and as I'm building this business and as I'm you know putting these clothing these clothes out into the world I, I actually have got to the point where I'm like I don't care I do care in the sense of I want to create things that people want to buy obviously and I do care that people want to wear the garments, but as far as, you know, putting myself on Instagram or on Facebook or recording videos or doing <laughs> dancing TikToks, <laughs> oh my gosh, um, I actually don't because this is who I am and this is my true self. Mm. And you know what? Even for many, many years, like I've, I've, the, Oprah said years ago, live your truth, mm. live your purpose. And I will tell you, dating back to even high school when I was graduating and all my friends were going into biology or accounting or economics or whatever, I wanted to go into fashion. I, it was in, I used to sit in girl guides and sketch out dresses. That I'm legit, that was hilarious because I'd be bored to tears or they were doing something else and I'm sitting there sketching things. And But back then, I didn't think that that was actually a career that I could have. I didn't think that that was you know, a legit way to make money or Mm. that was, you know, it's not nearly as interesting as biology or accounting. And so I remember thinking, okay, well maybe I'll go into advertising because it was kind of creative. And then after that, I decided, no, I actually (laughs) was going to be a lawyer (laughs) of all the (laughs) shit of honestly. (laughs) So I went, my whole, my degree is in philosophy and sociology. I have a double major. It's all pre-law, logic, ethics, philosophy, sociology. But the beautiful thing is the sociology part of it is the study of groups of people. And my all-time favorite thing to do is to people watch. Yes. And even when my husband and I were on our honeymoon in Croatia, we're we're leaving one little city to go to another city. We rented this car. And we're driving like, oh, God damn, look how cute her shorts are. Oh, my God, look at that sweater. And he's like, can you not turn that off? I'm like, mm can't turn that off. I love it. And also, too, embracing other women. Yeah. And when I see a woman on the street looking beautiful, like, good on her. Beautiful. I love your outfit. I love those shorts. How can I recreate those? How could I make them for my clients? How would I wear them? Like, I, I can't turn that off. And so my purpose, I knew it way back then, but I never actually, uh, how do I say this? I never really acted on it until I was done university. And one of my male roommates said to me, Heather, why are you going to law school? Why are you, like, you, you're in your room sewing all the time. What you're, You've got stacks of fashion magazines. You know all the designers' wow. names. You know, and he's like, I don't get it. And he said, uh, I've seen uh, a commercial on TV for the Academy of Design in Toronto. And so I went to that uh, little open house. I legit, I walked in. I'm like, oh, like even the smell of the place, which I don't know. Like it was that church in Wellesley. Like it was old. <laughs> it was it was lovely. But they had color theory books and fabric books and magazines and textbooks of fashion. Like 
I soaked it up. So I applied to that and then uh, I won the scholarship actually, which is crazy. And then I ended up going through, I couldn't wait to get home to do my homework. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And I ended up being the valedictorian of the whole school, which is bizarre. If you ask my parents, I was like a 75 average kid. Never really did great in anything. Kind of middle of the road, floating along through school, maybe an 80 here or there, lots of 65s. (laughs) Like I never really found my thing. And this school made me find my thing. Wow. I just want to like, okay, I just want to stop here for a second and like just bring awareness to a couple of things that you've highlighted. The first thing I heard was when I was a kid, I loved to draw and make dresses, like basically sketch out dresses and design clothes on paper. Yeah. And I had my very first launch podcast and I talked about how when I was a little girl, I made paper, uh, toilet paper roll microphones. And here I am finally launching a podcast, which is just the beginning of me using my voice like this. Right. And I find it so fascinating because our childlike versions of ourselves, they, they know a lot about us. They speak the truth. Yeah. And it's so funny how the world around us shapes us and shows us what we're supposed to be. I'm using air quotes because you can't say me, (laughs) right? What you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. And you felt like there wasn't a way for you to do this other thing that you loved and you were passionate about. It was that you needed to go along with the crowd and do all these things that everybody else was doing. Yeah. So I just, I'm just like, like, you know, like it's beautiful because I think a lot of time, I think a lot of people can relate to this. And I'll bet a lot of people listening to this episode right now are saying, oh my God, here I am, 45, 35, 55, in this place in my life. And I didn't actually choose this. When I was a little girl, I wanted to do X, Y, Z. And I think that there's such beauty in being able to lean in to what we wanted to do as kids. Oh yeah, for sure. I think there's some real um, good stuff there to look at you know, and when it comes to like self-discovery or like leaning into. I think it's the good old honest truth. Like yeah. when you're a kid, that's it's the real Christine, the real Heather. We were coming out at that point and it just, you know, you go along that path. And I wouldn't, like, I don't look back and think, oh, I wasted all this time or whatever. Cause I, I got to where I am now because of all those things. But sometimes I think back, you know, if I had just embraced what, what I wanted to do early on, I should have, I, I, maybe I'd be a little bit farther along, but you know, at the same time, I mean, I have three children and second husband, two husbands, like I've had a lot going on, Yeah. but you know, it's, it's, you are, I, I'm okay with where I am now. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's the, it's part of the journey, right? It is. And I think that there's never, like, I don't think we should have regrets. I don't think that we should, you know, be tough on ourselves because we did something we weren't intending to do. Like I ended up working in corporate for six years and hated every single day of it sitting at yeah. a desk. And I was like every day beating my head against the wall, trying to figure out why I picked this for myself and what am I even doing here? You know? And so once I finally leaned into what felt right for me, everything started to fall into place. And interestingly Perfect. enough, that's essentially what you said is you left, you graduated university. And as soon as that, and by the way, very pivotal moment in your life when that friend of yours said, or asked you, didn't even yes. tell you what to do actually, which is the beauty of it. Yeah. Just pose the question. Why are you aren't you? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I just think that that's such an incredible, like, Uh, pivot and it was so mindful of him to say it in the way that he did you know not you're you're bad at this thing because I'm sure you weren't but you know this isn't for you no instead he highlighted what you're already doing and said like this is magic for you I think there's people that come into your life or or will say things to you that 
it'll show up as an opportunity. And then if you don't listen to that opportunity or at least explore it a little bit, it could just pass you by. So had I not listened to him, I mean, obviously he had seen a commercial on TV for this school, this fashion college. And he was like, I don't even know what you're doing. Like, why would you possibly do that or that? Go and check this out. And I could have been like, nah, never mind. But I checked it out and then it just took me down this whole other path. And yeah. it's honestly, I mean, I, I grew up in Craighurst, Ontario, which is outside of Barrie, 20 minutes outside of Barrie, super small town, eldest of four kids. Only my dad worked very small rural upbringing. And I would read fashion magazines, like literally from top to bottom of every page. I would study it, study it. My dad bought me my first Vogue when I was 10 because he knew <laughs> that there was something there. And when I left and I got hired by a New York fashion designer and I had to go to New York and work there for, it was about four times a year, a week or two at a time, showing Canadian clients, Canadian retailers, the collection from New York. My dad would call almost nightly, like, what what the hell are you doing in Manhattan? Like, oh my God, like <laughs> you're this young 23, 24 year old, whatever I was. And he's like, like, I didn't, I raised you in the country for a reason. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it just wasn't. I, and I, as much as I love the country still, there is something about a bustling city and, and that kind of a business that resonates with me. And I, I, I get fueled by it. So I knew I found it. I, I just, it, it took that long, but I found it. Well, that's Thank amazing. God. But the energy of the city, I totally get that. It's yeah. funny because I moved to a small town during the pandemic. And I mean, not that I lived in a big city. I mean, I'm from Kitchener-Waterloo, which in comparison to Toronto is like, yeah. you know. It's like Barrie. Barry, right. It's yeah. like a smaller, but it's becoming more metropolis in feel, right? Totally. And a lot of people are moving into our area. So it's fairly, and so it, it, there's a lot of movement and there is energy in the city. And when I moved to Wellesley, it was like, <laughs> 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 and I mean, I don't like I don't want to poo-poo on the Wellesley parade but you know it's just a very different kind of lifestyle and I think it's lovely it's quiet like you get a lot of thinking space but I'm like a doer and I like to be in the energy of others sometimes I find that exhausting however but I can appreciate you know how being in the city can just ignite you because you're constantly around that a different kind of energy oh yeah 100%. 100%. That's 100%. amazing. Yeah. So tell me, so this is really cool because, you know, you started out, you you know, you love to draw and sketch these things. And then you went to school that was in something completely different. And then you finally got on this path and you went to New York and you did all these fun things. What was it that inspired you to become your own designer? What, when did that happen? And what was it that sparked that for you or gave you the, I don't know, the confidence or the knowing that that was what you wanted to do? Um, I think everybody thinks that they can design. I mean, everybody can design. Everybody has ideas. Everybody, I want a t-shirt with a v-neck, but then a ruffle sleeve, or I want this, like everybody can design. So I actually went to school for fashion business, not even the fashion design side. Oh, interesting. And I was a sewer. I could, because that friend of mine recognized that I was sewing. And even in university, like if I wanted a new top, but couldn't afford it because I was a starving student. I would take a turtleneck and cut it into like a V-neck t-shirt and, and sew it up and I'd have a new top to wear out that night. <laughs> but um, no, I, so I was working for this New York designer and I ended up opening up my own wholesale agency from there. And I had my own, I had about nine collections there. I had three staff. We had this big showroom. I was selling other people's collections and various uh, clients of mine, most of them were smaller, like not you know call them mom and pop shops anymore but like independent stores like little so boutique more little like boutiques yeah, yeah. Like individual women running these boutiques and and coming into my showroom to purchase their next season's uh garments 
and almost, gosh, three quarters of them at this point in time uh, kept asking me for dresses with sleeves. And I'm like, well, I don't like, I don't know where, why you can't find those. And they're like, there's nothing for that over 30, maybe over 35 year old woman. She's a banker. She's a lawyer. She's a businesswoman. She wants to have a sleeve. Dresses were really taking off at that point. Like there was a ton of dresses on the market and everybody was wearing dresses, but they were little spaghetti straps or, um, my tank nemesis, tops. by the way, I just oh. hate spaghetti strap. Anything. I, it, it, <laughs> I'm like, how do I wear the big boob bra I know. with yeah. the spaghetti strap? It's, it's like not a thing. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Or you don't want these like ugly bra straps hanging out of your oh. shirt. Like, okay. If you got cute little boobies, then yeah. that works great. Yeah. Cause you got cute little bra straps. Yeah. But There's mine... about two people in the whole wide world that <laughs> have cute little boobies. <laughs> my, mine are like these like bolster holsters, you know, like they're. <laughs> Yeah. So I feel you on the spaghetti straps. Anyway, I would have been one of those women in the shop asking for the yeah. same thing. So sorry, continue. So it's interesting. The uh, Probably for about two or three seasons. So in wholesale, you sell about three to four months ahead of time. And I thought, okay, this is ridiculous. Like I know I, I can sew. I can I could make some. And long story short, I won't go into all the nitty gritty details, but I actually had a factory owner come into my studio, uh, my, my wholesale showroom. And she was looking for payment from a brand and blah, 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 long story. But I was like, wait a minute. And again, this is an opportunity. These are when opportunities, like she li literally walked into my office door and I was like, wait a minute, you're a manufacturer. And she said, yeah, I'm just right downtown Toronto. I'm like, uh, would you make stuff for me? Sure. So I designed some things, took wow. in some prototypes, the way that I design I mean, I can sketch them out, but the way that I design is I will take pieces in. So I'll say, you know, I want the neckline of this top and the V-neck of this top and the bottom of the dress to be this hem. And so we've got like all these garments going in and basically everything that I create has a sleeve. Over the years, I think I had one tank top that I did because there were some ladies looking, but it was bra friendly. There were some ladies mm -hmm. looking for sleeveless pieces because, you know, as we get older, we get those little hot flashies yep. and uh, you want to be able to take a, a layer off. But it's amazing how the amount of people, they just wanted to dress with sleeves. Mm. And, and then it rolled into like, my gosh, I think we've talked about this before, but I've done every business model known under the sun <laughs> for this business. <laughs> so I, I opened up a wholesale showroom. I was my own, I, I closed my wholesale showroom. I opened up a new one that was just for Dottie and was selling retailers all throughout Ontario. I think my first season I got into 22 stores, which was awesome. Wow, they cool. already, they already knew me, right? Because I was already selling to them. Um, and then they would sell out and then they'd buy some more and I'd have to make a new collection and it was awesome. And then of course I got pregnant with my third baby and I was much older. I was a 42 because, you know, second marriage, got to put out. And, and uh, got to put out. I yep, love that. Okay. Got to make a baby. And uh, so, and I was very tired. Like, I think I slept two hours a day for nine months. It, it wiped me out. Oh I, this, there's a reason why you're supposed to have your babies in your 20s and 30s. <laughs> it's, it, that's, that's, it's not normal. Yeah. But um, here I was doing it. And um, so I thought, you know what? I can't, I can't run this showroom and, and be sleeping two hours a day. So I closed that down and I started doing dotty parties because oh, you know, hey, so sometimes that can work. Mm. Stella and Dot was doing it. A whole bunch of other companies were doing it. There were candle parties and, and Tupperware and <laughs> the whole bit. So I actually, my cousin 
at the time was working for Rogers and she worked with a ton of women. And I said to her, I'm like, Emery, is there any chance that I could like, I'll bring some wine and cheese and I'll wheel in a rack of clothes. And could I just, you know, see if your friends would like to buy them or that at least they could try them on and I could see them on them and blah, blah, blah. Well, they were vultures. Like I, I, like <laughs> my rack was empty. I'm like, what the, I think I had three pieces left. It was brilliant. It was amazing. And the nice thing of that business model is when it's a friend of a friend, it's kind of like word of mouth advertising. Like for instance, you know, someone, you show up at work one day wearing a really cute wrap dress. People are like, where'd you get that? Mm. Oh, dotty.ca. And then sure enough, bing, bang, boom, they go on and they want to buy one. Word of mouth is the best because especially if you're smaller or larger, or you've got long arms and someone sees it and they're like, oh, that fits you really well. Where did you get it? So I started doing dotty parties. And I would have my little baby in his his uh, car seat, basically sitting at these dotty parties, and they worked beautifully. So awesome! Like, well, the thing is, like, you were just bending and weaving, and as your life changed around you, you just you took this passion and this, you know, gift of yours, yeah. and you kept doing. But you found other ways of doing it. Like, I think sometimes. Uh, sorry, I'm pausing yeah. here for a second, but I think sometimes we get so caught up in this is the way I want to do this you know, yep. and we're a little rigid about how that's going to happen. And we can't just flow. But the truth is everything changes. Oh, it changes. And, and if you don't pivot, that's the key word oh, God, of the I man- pandemic. I know. <laughs> it's like a swear word now. It is. It is. But um, so I actually remember, you know, and I had some really great friends who would, you know, as soon as they knew I was having a dotty party, they're like, I'll get some friends from the neighborhood. I'll get some friends, some moms from the school. We'll have a party. And I actually remember going to Barry. Um, and friends of ours said, we'll look after the baby. We should, his name's Sawyer. We'll stop calling him the baby. He's, <laughs> he's now 10 years old for crying out loud. Anyways. And, uh, I would go, I would nurse him and then I would go and set up. Then I'd go back and nurse him. And then I'd go in and meet everybody and try and sell clothes at a dotty party and then nurse him. Like it was, I, I try, I made it work as best I can. However, the thing with a, a, a dotty party is, it's great when people show up. Mm. So if, if, and you know what, things happen. It's a Tuesday evening. You've been invited to this event down the street, but your kid is sick or your husband can't get home from work in time or whatever. And totally understandable. But as a, you know, the person who sh- loaded up the car and has driven to Barry or driven to Collingwood or wherever, that can sometimes get a little tricky. And then you yeah. sell one dress and you know, my husband has, you know, left his job and fed all the kids and did all the activities and, you know, trying to figure out that model from a family standpoint was really hard. Yeah. And I do remember being at the odd dotty party where people would say to me, Hey, you really should, you should look at the one of a kind show. Mm. And I said, why would I do that? It's, it's a Christmas craft show. And they said, Oh no, it's changed so much. So sure enough, I load Sawyer, the baby into the (laughs) stroller And I go and check it out and it is full of clothing designers. And I thought, okay, let's give this a shot. So, and I do remember people saying, you know, it's going to take years. It's really hard to get in. There's lots of uh, clothing people there. And so I thought, you know, I need to stand out a little bit. So I had a a mint green chiffon dress. It's really cute, kind of almost like a Diana Ross 60s. Oh my God, I loved it. It was like a boat neck and straight down uh, sheath dress. So because it was plain, most of my stuff is printed. I, I do that on purpose. But anyways, this sample was plain. 
And I ironed on the application form for the one of a kind show and hand wrote all the answers oh, onto the dress. No, you did not. And I and I I hand delivered it. Thankfully, the office is here in Toronto and where you could hand in your applications. And I hand delivered it in a in a garment bag on a hanger. Oh my god! Nice wood hanger, and that was my application. Form. Oh my god! I love so it. So bam, I got in. And to be honest, a lot of it is history because that show really propelled me into. A, a lot of, of women's uh, vision because there's so many eyeballs that come into that show. Mm. I think it's like 80,000 people That's that come through. Show. It's a big one. So that, um, that amount of people coming in, trying things on, buying things, seeing the brand, it, it was really, really amazing. I even, um, I designed the wrap dresses at the Royal York Library Bar here in Toronto because one of the women who runs the marketing department loves the one of a kind show and like my dresses. So That's the exposure. Amazing. Yeah. The exposure well, and the thing great. is like, what's really cool about your journey is that, you know, I think there are a lot of people and maybe this will become a thing for you in the future. I don't know, but it seems like you're so personable and connected and you like to meet your customer and oh. have conversation with them and make sure they're getting something that feels good on them. Like I remember when we were talking, you were like with, before our interview, you were talking about how like you would see a woman put on something and she'd be like, yeah, like I like it and you're like nope that's not it take it off take it off let's try something else and then she'd put on something that was just smashing yeah. and she'd be like oh my god this is great and you knew that they light up in it and that made you feel good so I'm just seeing this connection of not only are you creating by the way clothing that is so women friendly especially as we're aging like you know the bloop bloop between your like <laughs> arms and your armpits <laughs> and like the, the good good in your middle waistline they always call it the muffin top I'm over oh, the muffin it's like yeah. it's more than a muffin top now but you know like all those little things you consider and you and you stay in touch with your customer by being in front of them all the time and then design things that suit them and that feel right I just think it's such a beautiful marriage of things that's why I love the one-of-a-kind show actually because right now the business is 100% online it's e-commerce um but at the one of a kind show, I get to see my pieces on so many women, mm. shapes, sizes, ages, who's wearing it, where are they wearing it? And it's interesting because my husband's in advertising and he used to always say to me, you have to know, like, what is your why? And it took me a long time because I was, I actually started creating the brand because of these retailers who wanted dresses with sleeves. And then it kind of morphed into really cute tops to dress up jeans because there's a lot of stay-at-home moms or moms who are on mat leave and they don't need a dress for work. They need a cute little top to dress up their jeans. And it, it morphed into this whole other business. But the beautiful thing that I realized what my why is, is I like making women feel good in their clothes. And I know when I feel comfortable and confident in a top, I'll just forget about it because I know I look rocking <laughs> and yes. I look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, this is good. And it's hiding the muffin top or it's hiding the zhuzh, as you call it. <laughs> the in, blub in, the blub, blub, blub. That's right. <laughs> in between the boob and the armpit, which I, I don't know, like as we all get it, right? Like it's always there. And even bras, I call it bra goo. Oh yeah. Like the back fat. The back, oh. no matter what size you are, <laughs> yeah. the bras dig into us. It could yep. be a sports bra. Nothing will smooth us completely out. So there's always going to be that there. Um, but I, I love it when women come in and like we were talking before, when they look in the mirror and I always say that very first thing, the moment you look at yourself, if you're like, ah, dang, I'm looking, then you know, you have to have it. If you're like, I don't know. I'm going to, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's a little, 
no, they're, they're not. I, I actually have told women, like you said, to take it off and I won't sell it to them. They're mm. like, no, 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 I need it for under a blade. No, because I want you to wear it to so many things and I want you to feel really good when you put it on. And I'll say to them sometimes, are you going to wake up tomorrow and you want to wear that to work? Uh, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm going to save it for my black pants or what? Then no, you don't need it. We, <laughs> this collection is a want collection. It's not mm. necessarily a need collection. It's really pretty close for your everyday life so Mm -hmm. it's it's pieces that you're going to grab on a regular basis but my why it did take me a little while to figure it out because my why was like I liked feeling good in my clothes and I ended up realizing what fed me and fueled my soul was knowing that other women felt good when they put it on yeah and that they you know it's funny I've been making the same tunic for years the same baseball tees for years and some women will send me pictures of their laundry rack their drying rack and it's got 15 dotty tops on it (laughs) and I'm like oh my god that's amazing that must feel so like some sense of like validation and like you know you're doing the right thing when you see it in use or you hear people talking about it or you see them sharing it you know in their socials etc and like you know you 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 talked about something there it's like it's almost because I I can tell you and I'm I'm sure every woman on the planet can say that they have gone out and bought clothes and then they have gone into the closet and they still either have their tags on or they've taken the tags off washed it and worn it once and never again we've all done this Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, we have that like, ah, it's good enough. And the thing is like, we're worth more than just good enough. You know, like I don't want fast fashion. I don't want something that I'm just going to wear one time. Like, okay, great. It sounds like a great deal at the time, but like it doesn't feel good. I sweat like a mofo in it because it's made with whatever fabric, who knows where, right? Like I, and that's a big thing, especially when you're perimenopausal. Like I'm noticing the clothes that I wear make a very big difference (laughs) in my life. So, but like we've all done this. So instead looking for those pieces that make us feel really good. And I love that that's your why. It's like, and I love to, like, I've seen you do, um, on social media where, you know, you, you did the challenge in February. Yeah. I think it was in yeah. February where you basically asked women to like, love themselves. Yeah. Like what is something you love about yourself? What can you say out loud to yourself yeah. that, you know, will boost you up? It made me actually, um, it made me angry and sad at the last one of a kind show. And especially kind of as it finished up and I looked back over, when women would come in and try things on. And I get it. It's it's November. It's going into winter. And also, too, like, it's almost Christmas time. And I'm even the same. Like, oh, don't buy yourself anything new. But so then they're trying it on. And maybe it's a red tunic or a red blouse or whatever. And all of us, I do the exact same thing. And I'm trying to get better at it. But we'll, you know, grab a part of our body. Like our under, our little flappies under our arms. Or the, the bing, the bing, blub, blub. blub, blub. <laughs> And if there's, or like the back goo or the whatever. And I used to, I actually got a little bit bossy and I'm sorry, ladies, if you were one of these women that had to endure, <laughs> but I was like, ah, uh, stop that. Mm. You are goddamn gorgeous. Mm. You're here, you're happy and you're hot. And I, I started this whole little mantra and I've been trying to get better at it on social, but I want women, you need to look in the mirror in your actual eyeballs. Like don't just look at your face or your your lips or your ears. Look in your eyeballs and tell yourself, I'm here. Oh my God, I'm here. I'm living this amazing, beautiful life. I'm happy. Whether you're not, whether you are or you're not, the more you say it, it's kind of like, you know, when you smile, it releases these beautiful things that make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Fake it till you make it. And I'm hot because every single one of us is. Yep. Any, 
And that's the thing is I want more women to be supporting women. Amen. We're all going through the same shit and we're all going through the same crap. Like we're worried about how we look. We're worried about the men. We're worried about the kids. We're worried about the, or the girlfriends or the wives or the whomever. We all are going through the same thing in life. And I, also try and tell my daughter be the best girlfriend you can possibly be and Mm. be there for women and the more you can give to other women the better you'll be to yourself too and Uh I also say please talk to yourself nicely when you look in the mirror if those pants don't fit the way you want it's not you it's the pants get rid of the pants don't put roll them up and put them back in your drawer because you're not going to wear them tomorrow get rid of them and find some that you like to wear and that you will be feeling really good in because you're not going to talk to your best friend that way, are you? You're no. not going to say, oh, God, look at your butt in those. That's what we say to ourselves. Oh, yeah. my God, look at my butt. Ugh. No, don't say that to ourselves anymore. Yeah. We can't. It's, 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 it's too hurtful to ourselves, and it, it's hard to get over. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, I, I have, over the course of my lifetime, had I can think of several outfits or clothes that I had that I was constantly out fidgeting and fixing and making myself more comfortable in. And I'm like, ugh, like gone are the days that I will even do that because no. it's just not worth it. No. Less is more. Yep. And when you can find a few quality pieces that you really love and you wear all the time, it yep. makes all the difference that you feel good in. And you don't have to, like, there's so many brands of clothes. We don't have to wear stuff that doesn't make us feel good. Like if it's too tight in the armpits or it's too it's too tight in the back and you're like, no, I'm never going to wear that. Like just because the front looks good doesn't mean you're going to always wear it. So get, and you know, any, any true, like I try to think of like, you know, Chanel or, you know, back in the day and the, and the real like fashionista European women, like they would have one really good crisp white shirt mm. and they wore the heck out of it. And a two or three gorgeous pairs of black pants and one really great like the more capsule the wardrobe and the pieces that make you feel good those are the pieces you should have and because you what is it the 80 20 rule Mm -hmm. where you wear 20 percent of your closet 80 percent of the time Mm. so get rid of the rest now unless there's something special and it's the leather jacket that hot guy gave you in high school (laughs) or whatever uh sentimental pieces exactly your prom dress that you want to you know hang on to just for fun but, you know, that's why buying good quality pieces, sometimes, you know, you look at the price tag, you're like, oh, good Lord, I better not. But then you're like, wait a minute, I've worn those joggers or I've worn that wrap dress a hundred times. Yeah. And it's versatile. It packs. It goes on all the trips with me. It goes to work. It goes to play. That's when you know it's worth it because the cost per wear is pennies. It's so true. And it's so funny because I find myself and I'm sure our listeners can relate washing the same clothes over and over and over and over again. Like I, I have certain things in my wardrobe. In fact, I need to do another deep clean mm, Yeah, <laughs> because there's certain things that they've been sitting in there uh, for a long time and yeah. I'm never touching them. And I'm like, why are these things still in here? Yeah. Like I never even wear them. So, oh my gosh, we have covered so many things today and I, I our listeners can probably tell you and I could sit here and just talk about this oh, forever. We have, we uh, have had <laughs> phone calls that have lasted forever. <laughs> like, and, and Heather's one of these people like the second. So when I, uh, when I reached out, to Heather I literally sent her a voice note on Instagram and actually this is a note for all of you just 
go out there and ask for what you want because <laughs> yeah. I left Heather a voice note and just said, oh my gosh, like I love you and I love what you're doing and I think we connect and let's have an interview and let's talk about things. And she responded and said yes. And here we are today. And uh, like I said, we could sit here and talk all day, but don't hold yourself back from doing the things. And as much as we could sit here and talk all day, I know our listeners probably don't have all day, but I would love to have them share your energy and follow where you're at. So can you tell our listeners where they can find you and how they can follow you? Yep. So on Instagram and Facebook, it's the same handle. It's at Dottie Clothing and Dottie is D-O-T-T-Y. And then Dottie.ca is the website. And uh, you could send DMs. You can find me there. There's an email. There's even a contact uh, page on the website. So either place is great. Awesome. And definitely sign up for the newsletter because um, Dottie, Dottie, here I'm calling you Dottie again. <laughs> I do that all the time. Heather makes new things all the time and is always sharing through her newsletter. And it's really great to keep on top of that. So be yeah. sure you sign up for that when you go to her website. And in fact, just to make it easier for our listeners, when I launch this podcast episode, I will put a link in my bio on my Instagram channel so that you can find her stuff as well. Because many of you follow my socials as well. So I'll just kind of help you get more people to visit you there um, it has been so great chatting with you thank oh, you so much Heather I think we are completely kindred spirits oh my gosh from the moment you sent me that voice note first of all I didn't even know how to make a voice note I figured it out after but yes we are definitely I've really enjoyed this oh thank you. me too it's been a great chat and I, I really hope that as you're listening you've maybe taken some nuggets with you you know what life isn't perfect Nothing you're going to do is going to be perfect, but if it feels good, there's something in it for you. So go after it, try it on a million different ways and lean into your best version of you. Hug your ladies, let them know that you love them. Let's support each other and go live your best and most awesome life. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to this episode. I hope you'll stick around and we'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'd like to invite you to hit the subscribe button on this podcast so you'll be notified when the next one drops. And if you like this episode, please leave a review as it will help others to find this message. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at It's Me, Christine D. Or if you'd like to connect about being a guest on the show or talk to me about speaking engagements, please visit It's Me, Christine D. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.